Hello, and welcome to Unplaytested, the podcast about RPGs that have never been played before. Because they never existed before! I'm Lara, and my pronouns are she, her. And I'm Alex, I use he, him pronouns. And we're going to make a game based on a ludicrous suggestion chosen at random. Uh, And this week, we're being joined by a special guest. Monica, would you care to introduce yourself? Give us your name, your pronouns, why we care about you. Oh, hi. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, hi, hello, my name is Monica. Uh, I actually use any pronouns, but for functional sentences and because I sound like an NPR announcer, you can just use she, her, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I am a designer and developer. I do a lot of freelancing for the Onyx Path. I am probably most notably famous, air quotes. I don't know, None of the, nobody in this industry is actually famous, well-known for being the mechanical developer for the upcoming Exalted Essence, which should be going to Kickstarter really soon. Yay! Uh, the beginner-friendly, rules-condensed version of that beast, Exalted 3rd Edition. I am so excited for that game. It's going to be really sick. I am also extremely excited about it, too. Uh, I've also done a lot of mechanical design work on a whole bunch of StoryPath products uh, and uh, fail repeatedly to do anything on my own. So... <laughs> <laughs> well, this will be... Uh, Besides definitely, this. <laughs> yeah, this will be a credit, a feather in your cap. Because yeah. what we need here is some in-depth mechanical work. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Uh, we'll find out. <laughs> we'll We'll see how the muse possesses me during this this recording. This could end up being a game about making friends with crows and forming your own crow army. Who knows? I love that idea. (laughs) I'm Alex was like, we could fudge it and just pick one you want. And I was like, Oh no, absolutely not. I want to (laughs) be shocked and surprised by (laughs) by what comes up. Not appalled. Yeah. (laughs) Impressed and dismayed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note, is it time? Is it time to roll the die? I believe it's time. I have my die here. Are you mind telling me how many sides my die has? Uh, your die currently has 70 sides. 70 sides. Oh, wow. Exactly. A, a good old classic D70. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. I'll just give that one a roll here. And what did I get? Uh, what did I get on my die, Lara? That only you can see. That I am the only one who can see. You have gotten... Oh, interest. Uh, uh-huh. You have gotten 66. Ooh. Uh, this is an entry, a recent entry from Soup, uh, and it is just the three words, gay wizard drama. Oh. Okay. Yes. Good on you, <laughs> Soup. Soup knows what's up. Soup does know what's up, but that means we're making a magic system, my guys, friends. Oh, yeah. This is very exciting. Soup has sent us the exact three words I needed this day. Yeah. Um, Gay wizard drama. Every day of your life should be a gay wizard drama. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) How dare you suggest every day of my life isn't already. (laughs) (laughs) All right, fair, fair, fair. Should I put on the skull jewelry I have laying around nearby for this occasion? (laughs) By all means. We will not uh, not be sharing any of the video here, but we'll appreciate it. Ooh, Look at this cool. resin fake crow skull pendant. Yes, there we that's, go. That's Why do I have ass. that on my desk? The less questions you ask, the better. Because my life is a gay wizard drama. Or at least yeah, I wish it was. Yeah. This is the only way we need to justify things from here on out, frankly. Okay. Well, now that I'm wearing my crow skull, I'm ready to begin. <laughs> <laughs> 
I feel like there are an amount of different, like, wizard school and related uh, TTRPGs, and I have played none of them. Mm-hmm. Haven't played Kids on Brooms, haven't oh, played uh, that one where everybody goes and lives in a castle, the LARP one, or the other spinoff of that. So I am I am happy to defer to anyone else for, like, here's the stuff that really gets me going about uh, about this thing. I guess it... Uh, it doesn't have to be gay wizard school, which yeah, I'm kind of I, happy about. I, I think I would actually prefer that we mount school. Okay. I, there's not nearly enough gay wizard adults. There we uh, go. Gay wizards are either teenagers or like people with professions, and I would prefer neither of these things. These are yeah. wizards being involved in like wizard society shit. Mm-hmm, they don't mm-hmm. solve. Maybe they solve a mystery because we gotta have something to do. But yeah, right. I just I just want to throw out. So, if we're gonna go with slightly alternative interpretations of what drama means, can we do like uh-huh. theater queer wizards? Uh, I oh. okay, <laughs> like box seat <laughs> drama bag <laughs> wizard. So what you're saying is we're going to combine like three of the games you've already written into one game. We're gonna do by the author of Lady Windermere's fan plus wizard duels. Yeah. Plus Magical Repair Shop. One game. It makes my life easier. <laughs> Honestly, I could be into that. That sounds fun. I think where my head was going was kind of just, what if Statler and Waldorf were wizards, though? <laughs> <laughs> That's really fun. Yeah, I've been getting into musicals the last couple of days. Uh, my wife and I have been listening through Les Miserables, which I've literally never heard in its entirety before. And I was like, oh, I see why people like this. This is good. Like, Eponine is a whole character. I like her a lot. <laughs> I'd never heard of her before. Nobody ever talks about Eponine, apparently. Too busy being thirsty for Javert. That's all I've heard is, like, Javert <laughs> and and other J-name guy. J- What's the other guy's name? <laughs> Jean Valjean? Valjean. Yeah, there we go. Jean Valjean. There's so many J's involved. I can't handle it. Don't help him. He needs to come to this to <laughs> All I hear about is those two. And I'm like, this is great, but I need to have like a... a... Oh, yes. There are, in fact, a bunch of women in this story. Quite a few, in fact. I want the Eponine Fix-It fic where she gets... T- I'm assuming... I'm only halfway through the play, okay, but I assume bad things are going to happen to her, and I hope that they don't instead. <laughs> don't No spoilers for a 400-year-old story. I will not ruin it for you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, I think also a must is hats. Oh, Wizards yeah. must have hats. Absolutely. Yeah. Robes, optional. I, you know, I'm a big fan of, of any wizard in a fancy hat. doesn't have to be the pointy wizard hat, but, like, if you want to embrace tradition go for it uh but like don't let pointy wizard hat limit your imagination of what defines a cool hat exactly Mm -hmm. yeah if you're wearing a nice cloche right there are many many varieties of hat that i do not know the names of that people who like hats do but i that was the one i had in the in the hopper so i'm looking at a cloche right now (laughs) but also you could you could lean into uh, a lot of um, late 19th, early 20th century style as far as hats go, uh, where, like, you put shit on your hat. Oh, yes. Like, like flowers and uh, gems or a taxidermied bird or the yeah. taxidermied bird you reanimate into your familiar or whatever. Uh, oh, I like that. Like, flowers and, like, taxidermied critters were real. 
uh, and then you pin your hat to your hair. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is before short hair got really popular, and so you just pile all that up, and then you pin it with like literal hair daggers to keep it yes. there. Uh, and like the idea of like maybe maybe hat wands holding your prestigious oh, wizard yes. hats okay. <laughs> in place. <laughs> Which also sort of it has that like going to the opera sort of energy to it. <laughs> so I'm seeing I'm seeing a world in which wizards are very fashionable and very concerned with what they're wearing because that I feel like really helps differentiate your wizard from your sorcerer or whatever, right? Right. You're like, no, no, I have accessories, I have accoutrements, I have books, I have ravens, I've got orbs, I've got daggers, I've got a staff. I'm not wearing <laughs> filthy dungarees like a warlock. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Uh, and let's be real, gay wizards are especially good at accessorizing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be nice. I'm very happy with this already. So maybe maybe some of the, the drama, not just the drama as in attending a play, but the drama as in interpersonal pettiness uh, is over your wizard accessories. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I want to see, this might be our most complex character sheet yet. Because I want slots for rings. I want slots for, like, everything, right? And and I don't know how much of a mechanical effect these need to have, but I just want to be able to say, I'm wearing 17 different things, I'm writing them all down, and you all have to listen to me talk about them. Oh my goodness. Like, that is, that's making everybody listen to what you're wearing as part of, like, character creation or, like, a session zero is delicious. Yes. <laughs> I, like, love that this has shaped up into, like, wizards go to the wizard opera or the wizard theater or whatever, dress to the nines, run into <laughs> other wizards dressed to the nines, and then are kind of catty about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that sounds really fun. And I guess if we want to have mechanics for, I don't know, wizard duels or things, we can throw those in there for when the cattiness really goes too far. And you're like, oh, well, I must do the wizard equivalent of throwing down a white glove and then it's on. Yeah, I think I think what you do, obviously, like the goal is you are a wizard. You're showing up to the wizard theater, you're dressed to the nines, and then you're like, how dare this? <laughs> how dare the sage of crystal orbs upstage me? <laughs> because all of you are trying to impress someone. And, like, maybe mm-hmm. the table decides who the important person or, like, the mutual crush everybody has <laughs> is there who you're trying to impress. There is a, a third party who is perhaps not played by any of the people playing wizards who you are competing to impress. Uh, and I like the idea of the outcome maybe even being that all of you fail because you're too busy trying to upstage each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. You are destined not to uh, catch the eye of the person you really wanted to impress but you will look good going down in flames. And so perhaps this the structure of the game is a process of like describing all these things and maybe like building up maybe a little bit of risk management, building up towards like, I keep pushing my luck towards more and more and more, but I, every time we all push our luck, we get closer to the fact that like the person we are trying to impress will just walk out of the theater without noticing any of us. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I feel like you've got some good experience with push your luck stuff, Lara. I like the idea that there's some fancy risk management element here. Yeah. That like every fresh magical ring you put on is like, ooh, one toke more likely to just sort of make you look gaudy. To make gaudy, you look right. a little extra. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then, like, it's also determined by, like, okay, but how much gaudier are you than average? Because at a certain point, you're like, I've got five ravens on my shoulders, and people are like, well, if I have zero ravens, that's a bit much. But if I have four ravens, you've just upstaged me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I could I could see the play being this like push pull of how ridiculous can you get away with before you are do- before you are too extra, and then the goal of impressing mm-hmm, someone mm-hmm. falls through. Oh, that sounds really fun! What a <laughs> what a fun tightrope to walk! Of like, I'm gonna go so hard, I'm gonna have skulls floating <laughs> around my head. There's lightning crackling out of their mouths, and then like, is that too much? Oh, no, you could, more. You could you could play this pretty easily with a deck of cards. Mm, go on. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I just that is the kernel of the thought as it came to me. So hang on, let me let me grab that lightning and bring it down. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so you could play this with a deck of cards because that's an easy thing for a community, uh, like a people of sitting people sitting at a table to share, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're super easy to come by. And that, like if you buy a deck of cards and you mark them up or whatever, like if you want each thing to represent something in particular, who cares? They're a dollar. Yeah, uh, they're really cheap and easy to come by. So like you say you have a deck of cards uh, and maybe we base it off of an existing card game or something. Cause there's plenty of press your luck card games that we already exist that we could play with. Um, mm. Where like, maybe you have a hand of things you can, you start with like three cards or something where you could like play them to continue to press your luck towards a pot or whatever. Uh, or like put them in a spread in front of you. And the more you play down the, <laughs> the riskier it gets. And you could maybe yeah. have like a, an element of everybody playing their hands in front of them. It probably maybe isn't hidden. Uh, Cause you that are being be really ostentatious. Fun. And so maybe you can steal cards from people or move things around as this yeah. goes uh, to represent that, like bickering mechanically. Mm-hmm. Oh man. I'm really sad. Cause I, I think I know the card game that would be the most perfect for this, but also we want to have this streamed so we could play it online. And I don't know if there's a way to play double deck cancellation hearts online. Uh, what is double deck cancellation hearts? Yeah, I have no idea what that is. I mean, I know what hearts is, but the kind of okay game that you play on Windows 95, right? right yeah. And you're yeah. like, eh, I, I don't really care about this. Uh, a Trump-taking game for those who are unfamiliar, where you will be, uh, somebody puts down a card, and then let's say it's a two of spades, and then everyone else has to try and put down cards that are also spades from a big hand of cards they have. If you have a spade, you have to put it down, and the person at the end of the round who has put down the highest card takes the trick and has to pick up all of the cards that were put down, and then they have to go next, putting down the next first card. The reason that there's a whole game here is because if uh, some of the cards that you get can be bad, and then you can get points by collecting cards with hearts on them, or a lot of points if you get the queen of spades, and then you're like, oh no, this is so sad for me, right? (laughs) It's kind of a simple game, it's not that interesting, because you're like, well, I'll just... uh, put down like the five of spades and then someone else is like i'll put down the seven of spades and then they take it you're like okay whatever that wasn't too much work on my part but it gets amazing if you play it with two decks of cards that you shuffle in together and then what happens is if someone plays the same card that another person has played the other seven of spades they cancel each other out and they can't take the trick anymore 
<laughs> and it defaults down to the next person below that. So suddenly the person with the five of spades is taking the trick. So this can lead to scenarios where you can think you're safe and then suddenly you're fucking not because <laughs> someone will play, for example, the king of spades, which is the unsafest card because it's higher than the queen of spades. Someone plays the queen of spades. It's worth 13 points. Suddenly everyone goes, oh, shit. That player who played the king is doomed now. They should have waited for the queen to get taken out earlier, right? But then someone plays the other queen of spades. Suddenly that king player is getting 26 points. They're just ruined now because you want to take like zero or maybe two to three or five points during a time, not 26, right? And then someone plays the other king of spades suddenly the person who played the seven, who thought they were safe as houses, is getting all the points. It's amazing. <laughs> There's so much drama. Every card that gets put down can change everything. You have, like, these amazing little political rivalries where, as you're playing through many, many rounds of this game, you're doing things like taking you get a hand of cards and then you get to give away some of the cards to someone else. Like, hey, I got a king of spades. That's a terrible card. I'll just give that to you, Jeff. But then the next round, instead of passing to the left and you give it to Jeff, you pass to the right and Jeff gets to give you his worst cards if he decides he hates you from earlier. It's amazing. That, that does sound like, trouble with your stream aside, that does sound like actually the perfect card engine right. to build this on. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you, we could do like a little layer of like, each suit represents a specific accessory. Very good. Yeah. I mean, you get to, I, I think it's cooler if you get to make up what the accessory is, but like hearts are brooches, diamonds are hats, uh, <laughs> uh, clubs are familiars, and spades are uh, uh, implements. <laughs> Not just, we don't have to stick with those, but like that idea. I think there's something very lovely and perfectly like metaphorical about the two of the same cards canceling out because it does mean that you have worn the same hat as someone else. Yes. yes and yes. so neither of them looks particularly impressive. Right. Which is, which is where I was thinking of like the suits represent a specific type of thing you're mm -hmm. wearing. So like uh, if you have spades be implements, uh, you're like, you pass that to the person next to you who then, if they want to play it, has to decide what overly ostentatious wizard implement they have brought. Yeah. <laughs> and then when they when someone cancels it out, both of you have brought the same or at least very similar ridiculous thing. Like mm -hmm. both of us have decided to, to come with a staff that has a screaming skull spitting flames on top of it. But mm -hmm. <laughs> I thought this would be impressive to the wizard headmistress. But instead, you have also brought us Screaming Skull? Oh, now my screaming chances? What are the chances? And then, of course, we're both like, oh, boy. And then the person who's like, I just got a cool lizard. And then they're like, cool lizard guy? Is this going to be the most impressive? <laughs> I'm finding some ways to play hearts online. Yeah. I, there's a whole, you can, for $7, buy an app that will let you play double deck cancellation hearts. Uh, which it calls Super Chaos Hearts. <laughs> I, well, sounds like it. Okay. Honestly, seems fine. I yeah. don't know if it's multiplayer, though. I'm like, I would buy I would buy an app and then hold my phone up to the screen. I don't know what I would do. I feel like this could almost work. I wonder, I don't know what you usually do for it, but I wonder if there's just something where you could just, because you, you play, there's another, is it craps that you also play with two decks? Mm, maybe. There's, there's another 
betting game that is played with two decks at once. Uh, and so maybe you could use that as just like the dealing framework and then you could just play them normally otherwise unless the app directs you to that specific game. But that is a problem we can solve later. Yeah. Uh, or like I think Tabletop Simulator also will just let you put two decks of cards together. Will uh, it? Okay, maybe. good. I was wondering about that. I've never tried it, but I know you can. It's yeah. a really flexible program, so maybe that's something you could you could do. Because all all you are the person who knows how to play the game, so you just have to direct people how to use their cards. Right. Right. The, the hard part here is getting two decks together. Yeah, and also you'd want to have some method of having people be able to see their own hand without seeing other people's hands. Yeah, you can, you can do that on tabletop sim. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Interesting. Okay. So cool. I, I, on the subject of the game itself, I really like the idea of also, the, the cool thing about a card deck is that you basically have even odd red, black, and then suit. Uh, mm -hmm. face card and number card and then joker and ace if you want to go that far so you have all these interesting little variables that you can use to create content with um, yeah. and so one of the things that i find particularly good about using a deck of cards uh, and that i think would be really fun for this game is that you can randomly generate who the person you want to impress is <laughs> oh fun that's so fun <laughs> i love a good random generation uh, and a deck of cards gives you so many interesting options for who this person might be. And then yeah. this becomes a little fun party RPG that you don't need someone to run. It becomes a little GMless game because the whole game is playing against each other to try to f mm -hmm. or and also with each other because you want to someone is going to come out on top and maybe impress it or depending on given the this hearts thing maybe after a if everybody's at a certain score if the average score is a certain thing then everybody loses uh, mm -hmm. oh that would we, we did talk about the possibility of everybody losing and i like that and i think we should keep that losing uh -huh. like you do too much and then and then they don't pay attention to you um, right. but i love the idea of the group using the deck collectively to basically randomly roll who this person everybody wants the attention of that's so fun yeah <laughs> yeah good. And maybe they could even have, uh, they could have like preferences where you'd be like, oh, this time we're going after somebody who really likes hearts cards. Right. So that's going to be like the new top suit or something, right? Yeah. Uh, you, you could use the basic scoring part of hearts and then change the suit that usually fills in the hearts position in hearts for who this person, what this person really likes. Uh, and yeah. then if we're going to stick with um, suits are accessories stand for accessories that you get to make up then like i uh, guess the the head mistress of the prestigious wizard ch wizarding children academy really likes implements or uh you mm -hmm. know <laughs> governor wizardington really wants to see your best hat <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> or whatever and so they take in the hearts game they take the place of the heart suit and so that can be variable but the point gathering is still the same yeah that's mm -hmm. interesting is this crunchier than you usually get? I'm sorry. <laughs> and I think hearts is crunchier than we usually get. <laughs> right, right. I believe the game that I'm working on right now, the rule is draw a picture of a knife and talk about why you like it. So. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I mean, I also would thoroughly enjoy playing that game. Uh, let's see. Because I feel like we could at least get... I think we should not design too hard into this game literally only works if you're able to play double deck cancellation hearts online because we might mm -hmm. not be able to. Right. Uh, but we could still use some of the themes and some of the like light mechanics of that that we can definitely do by just 
doing it. Like uh, the idea of having, because I'm wondering if like, is there anything to having a dealer player who's like, I'm not going to like GM this game, but I will be the person who has the deck of cards and like plays it out and runs some stuff. Yeah, I mean, the dealer could also be the person they're trying to impress who doesn't actually do anything in the game. Like Mm -hmm. they're an impassive third party. They don't comment on anything. All this is going on in the background, but they do in fact deal the cards and like maybe keep score. Yeah. Because they are the person who is technically being impressed. They're just not involved in the drama. Uh Uh-huh. That would be interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So rolling back to the double deck cancellation hearts uh, and hearts themselves, uh, Mm. You could keep it as the basic hearts trick-taking with the changing suit and stuff like that uh, and keep the cancellation aspect because... But even though you're never going to have two of the same card, you can have two of the same suit or two of the same number or two of the same color. So if you have a match in any of those, maybe the cancellation still happens and that you can play with one card deck online. Oh, I like that. And maybe you could have... uh... You could have that tied to like, okay, a seven of diamonds is pretty close to a seven of hearts, but a seven of spades is a little bit farther away. And like an eight of diamonds is a little bit farther away. Right. So uh, matching color overrides like, so you basically have like a hierarchy here where you have suit, number, Uh color. So like hearts and diamonds match because they're red. Spades and clubs match because they're black. Uh, And you could, you could lean into that too. And so, so then you don't, you don't need the second deck. And in fact, that kind of makes it even slightly more accessible because then you don't have to buy two card decks. You just have to buy one, one trip right, to the dollar right. store instead of two. So <laughs> Nice. And, uh, and you can definitely play regular hearts online. That's easy. Oh peasy. yeah. That's easy. Peasy. Yeah. Uh, mm, and you okay. can very, very easily get just like an online deck flipper period. Right. And that would make it considerably more chaotic uh, and harder to actually like do good at which is probably fine for yeah. the incredibly high drama level we're going for where just everything is being upset like all the time as opposed to quite often right uh so uh i think that actually makes it more chaotic which is what we're looking for um and i also think more you... chaos more drama <laughs> i also think this game plays until the deck is done so you mm. you burn through the deck however long that takes you. And when you get to the bottom, you then look at where you are score wise. Uh, did you push your luck too much? Did you did you cause too much chaos arguing with each other in the lobby of the theater? And now this person who you really wanted to impress has left or have they noticed or is there a clear winner and they have noticed you? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you get this like fast, chaotic little game that plays in 30 to 45 minutes. And then you have a good laugh, you reshuffle the deck, you roll up, you generate your new wizard, you create a new scenario, you roll up a new person to impress, and you can just play it right right, If you had a great time, just play it again. Play it it forever. Keep wizarding. Play it forever, yeah. (laughs) I feel like you could do some cool stuff with, if we tie in the different ways to cancel cards with different fun narrative things, we were like, Mm -hmm. okay, playing... Uh, a seven of diamonds on somebody's seven of hearts because it's a really close match means that you are like actively 
pushing in and showing them up and you talk about the really cool thing you did where your lightning skull uh, eats their lightning raven and then you're like, ha ha, now I am the one who is better, right? Oh yeah, I love that. Anytime you hit a cancellation, you get to describe how that goes. Yeah, and maybe like we give them different categories like doing the most close match one that is the best is like you're straight up upstaging them and then maybe doing the one where you're playing a different suit but it's the same number is like oh i'm distracting from them i'm not better than them but i'm like look over here right yeah <laughs> or something uh, from, right in in descending order of matches from yeah. same same color same number to uh just same number to like just same color or whatever. Mm-hmm. So if you do all the way down to just same color, you have a little bit of drama happening literally all the time. Yeah. And there's always drama happening. There's all uh, right, and there's always drama like happening. The gay wizard opera. And I feel like we should lean into that. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, cool. This is going very well, but I do want to point out that we have been talking for a little over half an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, if my audacity recording is accurate. Which means uh, we need to take our own gay wizard drama break and uh, get a message from our sponsors. BXP and the mid-episode break room are brought to you by the Misdirected Mark Network. Ding! Thank you. (laughs) Become a BXP patron. Patrons get to chat with us directly, special Discord roles, and exclusive hangouts. You can support us for as little as $1 a month. If you'd rather support BXP without committing to monthly payments, you can still buy a coffee ko-fi.com slash bonus exp and buy our stuff go to bxpcast.com slash bxp swag and check out our merch page also don't forget bxp is sponsored by nerdy keppy you can get all sorts of rad queer swag remember to use code bxpcast at checkout for 10 percent off that never expires that's n-e-r-d-y-k-e-p-p-i-e.com Also, saying nice things is always free. Leave us a good review on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google, wherever you listen, and help us get more listeners. If you like bonus experience, you will also like this misdirected Mark Network show. You don't have to bing again. It's okay. (laughs) Bing. (laughs) Uh, Pandas talking games. Phil and Sende answer your questions about RPGs from the perspective of one-shots and campaigns with some panda silliness. If you listen to it, you will love it. Or so the rumors say. And now back to our show. Uh, actually, do you want to give us a little, a little thirty seconds, or however you like, on bonus experience and how great it is? Oh, sure. Uh, bonus experience is a show that I do, which is about game running, game design, game mastery. We talk about technical aspects of gaming, and we try not to do one hundred one level topics. So it's all uh, advanced stuff. Um, mm-hmm. We, I think our most recent episode was literally on how Exalted has queer themes. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I think that was the, the very last one we did. But like uh, in a previous season, um, we've talked about like the reality of making money in the industry and like uh, from things like that to like what to do when a player is missing and like mm-hmm. how to improvise around that and then like have guests on to talk about you know 
being thoughtful about the the material you write and things like that. Yeah. Oh, uh, actually, uh, season what is it? Season two, episode thirteen. Jessica Hammer playtesting. Oh yeah. I have looked up that episode so many times because <laughs> it like completely helped me like form the way that I think about the process of playtesting. Oh yeah, that was humbling and enlightening. Yeah, uh, really. She does good. most of the talking in that one, and that's a good thing because she's an mm-hmm. expert. Uh, and I highly recommend that one. Uh, a couple of my favorites include that one. Obviously, Dr. Hammer's incredible and you should listen to it. Um, we talked to Mendez. Uh, it's just me and Mendez on that one about uh, not being Orientalist if you want to talk about martial arts in your oh, RPGs. So uh, as I'm a big fan of like supernatural fighting stuff, which doesn't have to be racist at all. Yep. <laughs> and so what if it ta- just wasn't? What if, what if it just wasn't? It what if you did it good? And that's, we have an, a friendly chat about that. Um we have a really good episode at from the very beginning, so pardon our um, sketchy audio issues from then. Uh, our listeners uh, don't know anything about that. <laughs> They've never heard a sketchy audio issue in their life. <laughs> uh, where we talk about um, diegesis, and so like the reality of the fiction in RPGs. Uh, that's one of my favorites. And then I have one on basically being a good GM, which we call the art of railroading. Uh, <laughs> which sort of talks about like getting people to buy into your plot is way better than trying to force them. And we talk about that. Uh, and while this sounds deep and serious, both of us are chaos gremlins. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> it's also very humorous and informative at the same time. And that's sort of our brand of being stupid, but also very smart at the same yeah, time. It's <laughs> very <laughs> Uh, so if if two queer people jamming on desi- like top down design level discussions while also being chaos gremlins sounds exactly like your shit, you should go to bxpcast.com and listen to that or look up bonus experience on your podcatcher of choice and give us a subscribe. It's funny, you sound a little quieter than normal, but also you usually sound very loud so i think this is probably fine it's just like oh lara you're so far away from me yeah i'll, I'll just i'll i'll just get up real close to the wow mic. that's what i that's what i'm used to yeah this is, this is better <laughs> <It's really laughs> <funny looking. laughs> this is what you want <laughs> oh listeners i wish you could see what i can see right now curse curse this audio medium in which we swim Someday, someday images will be able to be transferred over the air. I feel like I've been doing too much talking because I got uh, really hyper-focused on double-deck cancellation hearts there. Yeah, I feel like my job in the second half of the episode is going to be pull away from hearts and turn into an RPG. <laughs> start, start nailing down some actual mechanics. In our RPG. And think about, like... What are we doing? How is a scene formed? What mechanics exist to 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 lend story to our story? Mm-hmm. So I think what we could do, uh, I like the idea of starting the game by making the person that you're all into, because I feel like that would help you to make your characters afterward. Yeah, uh, Emily Carabas has a really cool uh, game from a while ago called Shooting the Moon. Uh, that involves two suitors who are both after uh, one beloved who they both like. And the thing you do in that game is you make the uh, beloved character first by giving them some various 
adjectives about how great they are. And then you take those adjectives and pull them over to the suitor characters. Uh, and each of you only gets like half of them. So you're like, oh, our beloved character is very clever. I'm also clever, but they're also really brave, and you're the brave one. So, like, you both have things that kind of get you, you know, it makes sense why you would be together. Uh, I feel like borrowing or or uh, stealing some tech of that type could be really fun, because we could say, okay, we're going to flip up four cards for this character, and then we'll say, all right, they've got a queen of spades, which means that they are really cool and they're a necromancer uh i'm really cool like a queen and i'm really necromantic so you know that sort of thing right uh and somehow draw some number of cards based on the number of players we have and then you you each grab some pieces from them something like that uh specifically the way it works in shooting the moon is that your character is always like x but y so you'll be clever but rash and brave but foolish or something like that, right? So your positive attributes are always balanced out with negative ones. I don't know if we need to do that, but it's a pretty fun way to make slightly more rounded characters if we want to. So what if you draw two cards for your the, the, the person you're trying to impress, the impressible wizard or whoever, and from the data <laughs> on those cards, you, you follow like a list of cool statements about them. Mm. Um, like uh, the the person you're trying to impress is a person of something station, or they are they possess this particular spell that you all want to learn, or mm. uh, they are known for the, having the best hat or something. Uh, and so uh-huh. we, we would write that list of places to latch onto story wise of like mm-hmm. who this person is and why we care, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which can be determined pretty quickly and pretty easily just by flipping two cards. Uh, and then everyone else draws a card off the de- off the top of the deck randomly, and where those two cards and your card match, you do the the keyword thing. Ooh, that could be fun. <laughs> and where they're different, so like if if red is a is a quality that says the person you're trying to impress is uh, a person of status, like they're in charge of the head the headmistress of the wizarding school or whatever. Uh, or the wizard governor or whatever. I don't... However we want to make up this wizard society, which could be right. something else we could world build too. They're a person of... Like, red is like status. And so if your card is black, you don't have any. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we pulled the ten of clubs and the uh, jack of hearts. Uh, I have the eight of clubs. Our clubs and clubs match. They really like necromancy. I also like Nancy. And so yeah. that's like one of the steps to, to I like I love the idea of everybody having something in common and something different with the suitor and that also being a source of your tension. And so then you can use that idea of like these things. This is what the suitor likes. This is what I don't have. This is what I do have. And then that comes up every time you play the hearts game. Now, could this be a way to introduce the player to the mechanics of the game? Mm-hmm. Because you could say, hey, by the way, if they have a seven of hearts and you have an eight of hearts, you're a really close match. Smart. And then, you know, the other person is a slightly less close match and a slightly less close match. And then you go, by the way, these are the same mechanics we'll be using during the Trump taking portion of this game. And so it serves both to be a tutorial for how you will look at cards and also creates your character at the same time and the story that you're telling. That would be very elegant if we if we managed to pull that off. Lara's making... It seems like a hard thing to pull off. Well... <laughs> maybe, maybe. But we I don't... could... 
I think we're we're getting there though, because if you assign meaning to all those things, like red represents status, just using that as an example, or the the suit represents uh, a, a a wizarding thing that's important, like an implement or a familiar, uh, and number represents I don't know say something wizardy <laughs> like something else that fits in our our little world that we're making uh mm -hmm. when you build your character by flipping your card and this person you start to you, you both become immediately sort of immersed in this because each thing has meaning and also you learn that the closer you are of a match the more points you're going to get or whatever and, and that is how you play the game while also building your character and learning who this person is what the society is and why we are squabbling at the theater or whatever mm -hmm. so we would need to like as we as we've done before make up some tables and say mm -hmm. okay here's what king and queen and jack and 10 and 9 and 8 and stuff mean right. and then here's what the different colors mean here's what the different things mean and then here's i guess the additional layer here is here's what the different levels of closeness tears mean mm -hmm. uh and then we would potentially be saying there's two different things that level of closeness tears mean there is one for how close are you to the person and then there's another one for how well are you upstaging your friends in squabbling so you have the little the little trick-taking card game is just the numbers representation of what is actually happening which is everybody having a fight <laughs> and by mm -hmm. giving those things narrative meaning uh you can create something that's very immersive and really fun and pretty quick. And so like, as long as long as everybody buys into the headspace of like, I am a wizard. And as long as my wizard card matches this one, that means that I am this much closer to you or whatever. You can create that atmosphere. So from, from a moment to moment, like gameplay standpoint is, is the only kind of mechanical interface. Every player is playing a card in order to take a trick. There is no like, it's me and you doing our own fight while everyone else is in the uh hmm. in the balcony. Good question. Uh I mean, okay. Technically war is a card game that everyone knows True. that will resolve a conflict between two parties in a way that isn't really reliant on anything. Mm -hmm. Uh so you could say, "All right, sucker, let's take our hands of cards and play war with them cuz we're in a little wizard duel and uh then your cards get all weird and mixed up and shuffled and suddenly somebody has way more cards than anyone else. That could lead to weird things like a player getting eliminated before another player. Uh, but I, there's something there. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see a fun thing where you're like, okay, mini game time. Uh, <laughs> I love the idea of pulling someone aside <laughs> to be like, listen, you, <laughs> and having to play a little quick mini card game to resolve mm -hmm. those individual interactions. Um, since this is... Uh, we are still trying to do a little role playing here. This is not just a card game. Uh, like I, I wouldn't want it to be eliminating the person, but maybe it mm. puts them in a tight position or makes them have to take a certain number of cards that reflect something that's not great. <laughs> yeah, you could you get to steal one of the cards from their hand and replace it with one from yours. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I have an instinct which is to pull away a little bit from from traditional card game. Uh, mechanics. I still love using cards. I love having the match represent stuff, but like part of me is more interested in honestly, part of me, since you mentioned war, is kind of thinking, well, what if every player just has a deck of cards? Just everyone has their own dang deck Whoa, of cards. Okay. okay. Uh, and basically what you're doing in a moment is pulling the top X cards, looking at them, 
picking one and saying, yo, this is what I'm playing because this is the wand of something, lightning. <laughs> this, is, this is a club, so it's a wand. It's a two, so it's not a great one. Uh, <laughs> but this is what I got. Yeah. And then, like, every individual interaction is its own, you know, its own single bit of trick-taking, I guess. Um, but it's not, it's not quite as codified and consistent as, uh, um, as hearts. It's also much simpler and so therefore easier to teach someone how to play. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like, I, I was, I went down to go get a drink and I was actually like, I would think we're at a point where we are not really playing hearts anymore. We're playing a fun matching game. Right. <laughs> uh, and like, that's so much simpler. Uh, I do like the idea that everybody can still fail to impress the person. <laughs> I think that's important because that's a very funny fail state and also the, the the drama of like oh we bickered too much we failed to notice senpai failed to notice us because we were too busy having an argument is yep. hilarious and absolutely needs to be part of it and so I, I think the things yeah. that we have here that are like extremely good and worth keeping as I could take or leave hearts too is that like we have someone we want to impress this is randomly determined uh each part of the card means something and so by creating meaning with those things we get to make these little stories that happen really quick uh that two people can come to some sort of disagreement and then have like a little wizard duel uh mm -hmm. and that matching is important and that there are degrees of matching from suit number color yeah and so I think that those are all the high points of things and the hearts I could take or leave too. It could, it could be much simpler. Yeah, we wouldn't necessarily need to have mechanics for like what happens when someone wins a trick, for example. Oh, yeah. Um, or that's, like that's really not that important. getting the points. Like we don't really care about that as much. Yeah. Uh, the like, as far as points go, I made air quotes. I'm sure the audience <laughs> could hear them. Uh, <laughs> as far as points go, it's really more of a track towards who is the most impressive or is the whole group stepping in it? <laughs> right. And so that is the thing that we haven't quite figured out yet. How do we determine whether or not there is a, a winner, a person who gets to impress the, the, I want to keep calling them the suitors since you brought that up. <laughs> who wants to keep we impressing. We should have a name for this person. Yeah. The person who gets the furthest up in line to schmooze. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we need a way to determine that and also a way to determine what happens if the whole group fails. Because <laughs> these these, yeah. these two outcomes are probably our most important. Yeah. I love the idea also that you could have like, I'm going to take you aside. We're going to go have a little wizard duel. Oh, yeah. You're going to take that person aside. They're going to have a little wizard duel. We all come back into the room and they're just gone. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> and so I think what we have here is the capacity to tell these really funny, really dramatic, short little stories. Uh, of these these wizards with their big egos, these gay wizards with their big egos, <laughs> colliding with each other at the theater. Yeah, oh, I see the wheels turning. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking. I'm 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 trying to figure out how we can get this this like because that's kind of the special sauce we need right now. Is is this the the point allocation? How do we determine who is the winner, and how do we decide when everybody fails? That is what will make this game a game, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And I think like, like there's there's something in we have our beloved uh, and they are made with cards in their own right. So like, you know, if our beloved is the eight of spades and the two of hearts, we could say something along the lines of, hey, if we have ever like collectively played 
both of those cards, then they just up and leave. Ooh, okay. Oh, everybody puts out the, or the majority of everyone, because the, the, the odds that everyone will be able to play the same two cards, I'm sure someone could do the math on it, but it's not very likely, because there's True, 52 right. times however many players per deck. So the odds that that will happen exactly are unlikely, um, and I don't want it to be so unlikely that it never happens. Right. <laughs> we want it to be likely enough, what if... And this may mean, oh, it can only, it's going to be played by four people, which is fine. Games are like that. Um, what if the combination of everybody's cards matches their draw and then they leave? So if we have eight clubs, two hearts, at any point, if there is uh, red and black. So like if at any point there is eight, two hearts, clubs, they leave. That's good. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Or something bad happens, and then we have, like, a ticker where if you get three offenses, then they mm-hmm. leave. Then they're out of here, yeah. I kind of yeah. like that a little three strikes and you're out thing, where you're yeah. like, okay, we can push our luck a little. Right. Oh, now we need to stop pushing our luck. Oh, you guys kept pushing? Wait, but I stopped. Yeah, that's fun. Right. Uh, so maybe some of that is you actually draw a hand instead of, like, just flipping cards off the top of your deck, because then you choose what you play and there comes the push your luck aspect also whenever you hit a strike everybody has to decide what story beat happened that caused them to be offended (laughs) okay i'm also getting i'm getting on board so just in defense of hearts one more time (laughs) that game does have a nice finite ending where you'll run through all the cards in your hand because you're always getting rid of cards uh that is faster than getting rid of 52 cards so that's kind of nice. And it does have a definitive who is winning and has the most points. Uh, so that's something. So that being said. To, uh, to structure like the narrative and pacing, because we are going to go back and forth and people are going to talk and we want it to not be super chaotic. What if we do a six yeah. card hand and you do sort of like a turn, you go around the table or whatever. Not like, don't like there roll for yeah. initiative, but just talk in order. You know what I mean? Like, I do like that. Yeah. Because I feel like there's something about the idea of uh, everyone like flipping their cards at the same would you be flipping at the same time or would you be like still going one after another you know yeah having a, a hand that the hand then counts down mm-hmm. is nice because it gives you a little bit of ability p- to predict the future but not like forever right because you you also know going in that if you ever hit that combination of the suits and color or suits and number or whatever on the, the beloved you'll get a strike so you also mm-hmm. are like thinking about how strategically you're going to cut in line and like throw a smoldering look or whatever and yeah. uh there's have some degree of turn taking just so you're not people aren't talking over each other like just from mm-hmm. a practical level and so when it gets to be your turn to speak again or interrupt or whatever uh you discard and redraw so that you're moving through the deck consistently but uh, you discard any choices you're not going to make and then you draw back up you discard any choices you're not and when you're out of your deck when everybody's decks are done we decide what happens Mm-hmm. okay okay and is there is there a benefit to playing the cards that are potentially bad for you right because that's sort of the push your luck element oh, they right. well they win right yeah you're like eights <laughs> eights are bad if we play the whole specific sequence but if i play just an eight that's good for me right uh and then i feel like you could do something with at the start of every round, you take one of the cards from your hand, you put it face down in front of you. That's the card you're going to play, because if you make it so that if you reveal all four, that's bad for everyone, 
nobody's ever going to play that last seven of hearts, right? Right. They'll go, oh, I'll screw that. I'll just play my other thing. Uh, so if you say, well, I'm going to be a little bit greedy and I'm going to hope that other, not enough other people are going to be greedy to screw us over, that's really fun. Because then you're like, maybe we'll just turn up three. The three of us will all get a bunch of points. The other people won't. Ha ha ha. But then as soon as someone turns up the fourth card that's bad for you, you're like, ah, dang it. <laughs> I, I shouldn't th- have been as greedy. I also think that every time you draw or move your hand or make a play or like whatever, you have to tell people what your wizard is doing. Oh, yeah. Of yeah. Course. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, well, it just so happens that I have brought... Uh, a sand snake from the nether dimensions and uh, it's it's scooting all over the seats and like leaving sand everywhere uh, in a way that I thought was going to be impressive, but it turns out it's just making everyone itchy. <laughs> so we have a three strikes and you're out matching sort of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so how about winning? How about winning? Yeah. How about winning? How about winning? How about what does it take to be the... the the wizard who is gay and extra just the right amount. So if you are a person who has played one of the cards that is the, the forbidden or attention getting cards, mm-hmm. uh, and it hasn't gone poorly, say three people have played them. You then take that card back and put it over to the side in a little, a little pile, a little line, and you say, ha-ha, that's one point for me. And then if I get up to, like, seven points or something, that's good. And if you all go bust and you all, you know, you put the four cards in and it's bad, or more than four, presumably, uh, then nobody gets those. And so, you know, you all are sad about it. And so you're trying to slowly accumulate these. Uh, is that anything? That's I, kind of something. That is kind of something. I'm, I'm actually kind of into this. I like the idea of, you know, like, you get the cards from your victories, and those go off to the side, and you're kind of playing a secret blackjack over here. Secret blackjack? Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe maybe I was misinterpreting what you were saying. But, like, you get cards from having won the trick, and presumably the one that won that trick goes off to the side, and, like, you get a couple of those, and you're trying to get x points but if you go over x you have busted oh i was just thinking that uh the card then counts as one point like one face down card so you could say okay we all know that once someone gets up to seven cards in front of them they have won the attention of the person right so they're the winner so you also have like a visual of this person is getting closer and closer to victory yeah by their face down cards in front of them yeah uh, and that could also engage with our duel mechanic, because you could say, hold up, buddy, you're at six, and I don't want you to win next turn. Yeah. So I'm actually going to duel you and try to steal some of those cards or something. Oh, yeah, if you lose the duel, maybe the person gets to steal one of your victory cards. Yeah. So I see that we kind of have basically two levels of play. One is our our chaotic drama card matching game. However... I know that you go and refine this, like as your next yeah, bit. Yeah. So, however you choose to refine that, uh-huh. we, ha- we have this I'm chaotic. Turn into secret blackjack. <laughs> <laughs> so we have this this very we have this interesting thing where everybody makes up their character based on the suits and the colors of the card and the number, and then we have a beloved who we are all trying to impress, uh, and then we play. Generally, everybody plays a matching game, whether or not we are all using individual decks or all using a hand from a communal deck. 
I could see that going either way, depending on how this gets refined. So that is that is the beat of play. And while we do all of that, we are all describing how our extra wizards are presenting our suitor with gifts or trying to show up someone else or nudging each other in line or whatever. And like the prompts for the role play come from the suits and the cards. So we have that as like the basis for how this whole game plays with sort of an idea that we can play this in an evening pretty quickly for fun. Mm. Um, and then we have sort of a second thing of being able to duel each other to knock to jockey for position. Mm-hmm. Uh, while all the while we are, someone is going to maybe win or we are all going to bomb out spectacularly. And so we kind of have yeah. these three things going at the same time, which I think makes for an extremely interesting gay drama game. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Do we want to spend a minute thinking about the mechanics of how the dueling game would work? I mean, your no. war idea was fine. <laughs> like, yeah. playing war was fine. And that don't break what isn't broken. <laughs> yeah. You got it. I yeah. think what we do need to figure out is a title. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Because like we have a vague idea of scene resolution and mechanics. Are we just calling this gay wizard drama, which I is mean, not a bad title? That is a phenomenal name. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. the The idea of it being a night at the opera is fun. That would definitely draw me in. Where I'm like, well, what are these? What are these queer wizards doing? Oh, they're yeah. going to the opera. The opera. This yeah. is very good. Yeah. Is there a way we can do a great portmanteau of a magic term with opera? Like a very good magic pun. Mm-hmm. There's, I feel like it's gotta be something, yeah. Like, I'm fit like, opera arcane. That's a bad one. <laughs> Op- I'm like, opera what arcanum. Are... No, that's not better. <laughs> opera arcanum. Opera arcanum is not bad. No, I kind of like that. <laughs> okay. It's goofy, but this is also kind of goofy. This is kind of goofy. Uh, what if we made it more ridiculous? What if it was like Opera Arcanum Pontifex Magicus or something? <laughs> like if we just really went for it, uh, but with better words than the ones I used there. Oh, the sort of thing that you see in like ridiculous, nearly unreadable script on the front of the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It would need to just be in a, a gold embossed font. Font, yep. Well, now I'm going to like really quickly Google up Latin translators and put in. Yeah, because cool. this is this is obviously uh, we, we all uh, spit at the name of the one who we will not name on this podcast uh, because we don't want to get spit all over our pop filters. Uh, but using garbagey Latin in your garbagey wizard stuff is fun for a reason. Nox epud operarcanum. <laughs> oh, is that what is that all that? Be, uh, Nox epud is if go- if if Google Translate <laughs> is to be believed, a night at a night at the opera arcanum. arcanum. That's pretty great. That's pretty great. <laughs> okay, <I'm laughs> yeah, that is, it. that's pretty great. Oh, I can't wait to wear my fancy wizard hat, mm-hmm. be caddy in the lobby with a glass of champagne. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. it's going in somebody's face. You know it. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I love that there's like we could easily have lots of different types of game if you're like no no we are all like really vying for the attention of like the person who owns the opera house because they have their finger on the pulse of like what's hip in the city right oh yeah we uh, could we could versus... all be like wizard playwrights trying to get our show in the, the theater too mm-hmm. or it's like oh we're all in love with the lead soprano obviously right? obviously right obviously. <laughs> you could do any like you could do a whole bunch of spin-offs that are like these are other ways to compete for someone's attention 
And I feel like that could all mechanically slot in, you know, the narrative would work. Oh, uh, yeah. With these mechanics, which these is cool. Just fine with hearts slash war slash secret blackjack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, that name came up fast. Good name. Good, Nox thank you. Nox Apud Aparacano. Nox Apud Fun to say. You have, yeah. you have to pronounce it like that, too. Aparacano. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shall we outro? Yeah, I guess, I guess this is a game. <laughs> I guess we got a game here. We got a game, more or less. Nice. Some chump's gonna have to write it, but that's what we'll, we'll only need to do. You know, several dozens of prompts. <laughs> oh, I only need to do a prompt for fifty-two cards, two or three times. The worst it could get is if you had to do fifty-two prompts, right? Like one for every single card, and we probably don't want to do that because at that point people won't be improvising what the cards are about. So it'll be easier than that. Yeah, it's it's more like wait, with thirteen values times four. Four suits. Four suits plus the 13 values. You create a nice chart. That'll give you the, like, the who is it. And then maybe another similar chart for fashion yeah. items. We'll figure it out. Doesn't yeah, yeah. matter. You leave them pretty open-ended and you have a pretty good prompt for making something up instead of telling someone what to do. Yeah. 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 So, like, if, if you know, hearts are fashion, you just say fashion. And then people are like, this is my rhinestone-studded robe. <laughs> with yes. be with buttons of carved rubies <laughs> with filigreed arcane runes dangling from the bat sleeves like yes <laughs> and, and you, that like, is fashion as hell right and so like if you just say fashion that makes everybody that that's more than just being like it has to be a robe no it's fashion you tell me what it is hey out there this has been unplaytested you can find us at unplaytested.com, where you can submit ludicrous ideas like gay wizard drama to the big list. Thanks again, Soup. Or uh, follow us on Twitter at, at unplaytested. If you want to see the games we make here played, they'll go up at twitch.tv slash unplaytested. We try to get gameplay to go up the week after the episode drops, but check the schedule there. Or you can get this game yourself at unplaytested.itch.io. Uh, if you actually play one of these things, we would love to hear about it. I cannot wait to hear about the outfits and the drama <laughs> and everything about this game is going to be so good. Uh, we should uh, we should make it a rule that they have to like draw a picture of their wizard in their complete regalia and post it on Twitter. Absolutely, mm-hmm. you must do that. I've nodded so fucking hard. <laughs> <That's> very <good. laughs> this is hey. a requirement. You must. <laughs> it's on the must. <laughs> on the must. Unplay uh, is made possible with the support of our patrons. Join the Unplaytreon at patreon.com slash unplaytested. Unplaytrons make the magic happen. Thank you so much to Abducted by Sharks for our music, Bring Forth My Armor. I'm Alex. And I'm Lara. And our wonderful guest today has been Monica. Thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And, and as remember, always, remember. Oh, oh wait, you got it. <laughs> Sorry. No, you can do it. Oh, okay. And remember. And remember. And remember. <laughs> and remember. Time is an illusion. And so is death. And this podcast is now by volume more queer women speaking with authority than it is not. Excellent. <laughs> Now we just got to get rid of the the dead weight. Get rid of the dross. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I can do that. What? No, wait. <laughs>
I was about to ask what scientific measurement was queer women per volume. <laughs> uh. <laughs>